When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the Reds, on the other hand, haven't been using Ballymore last week. They were up at Harvey Bay on a camp. Oh, that old chestnut. Which, which is very close to where he was born. I've only just found this. Tate McDermott, a very good morning to you. Were you Bundaberg born? Is that <laughs> is that correct in wiki? Yeah, morning, gentlemen. Yeah, that is that is correct. Well, is in correct. Other, well, if that's correct, mate, you can have the whole show. You're here for the rest of the the rest of the show. Well, don't punish him, you mate. Can take over. <laughs> <laughs> And then what about your pathway from Bundy to end up on the sunny coast? I see you went to sunny coast grammar too, Tate. Yeah, um, I was literally only born in, in Bundaberg. Um, that's where my parents met. That's where my dad worked on a sugar cane plantation up there. And then um, we kind of moved straight to the Sunshine Coast. And um, I spent you know, 20, 24, 20, 23 years of my life up there. Yeah, was it a big... Big tournament for you. Or, or t- talk us through how your selection in the NRC happened, and w- were you in club r- premier rugby then, or were you dead set from Queensland country? Uh, I was kind of a, a mix between both. Um, you know, so straight after school, I got picked up for the seven side. Um, from there, played a couple of tournaments um, in the World Series, and then uh, Thorny gave me a bell, and I pretty much jumped from there straight into the Reds team at the. Um, at the time, and then um, straight into the NRC pathway. So, um, yeah. And was that the year? Was that the year that Thorny played for you? Did he play with you in 2017 for Queensland Country? No, I actually missed out on that. I, I would have loved that. That would have been uh, yeah. classic <laughs> to, to see the big fella running around, but um, <laughs> that, that was the year before me. Oh, okay. He's an imposing human being, mate, isn't he? Yeah, mate, he's... Uh, I, I think he's still got. He's probably the biggest man in our forward pack at the moment as well. Now that uh, <laughs> Nella's not playing for us, so um, mate, he's, he's incredible. He's he's been a really good mentor for for a lot of those forwards, and um, you know he's come a long way in his coaching career. So it's uh, it's it's great to have him at the club. Yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you about that anyway during the interview. Tanyala Tupa, you just mentioned him. Uh, what's the word? Uh, have we lost him for the year? Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it looks for, for the Reds. Um, I'm assuming he'll be available for all of these. He's, he's ahead of schedule, so. Um, but the way it's looking, uh, yeah, he, he won't pull out a maroon jersey this year, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, was it calf? No, Achilles. Oh, he, Achilles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they think they they are. That's one hell of an Achilles, isn't it? But <laughs> but do they think they can get him right for the World Cup? Yeah, they're confident. They're oh, confident. Um, and, and so is Nella. So um, he's out of the boot and uh, yeah, hopefully all things are pointing towards a you know a game in the Wallabies jersey from the end of the year. Oh, good stuff. We'll, we'll talk about Eddie and World Cups in a minute. But uh, uh, Reds, focus, round one, sad, Saturday, Feb 25, uh, against the Hurricanes. It's, it's almost upon us, mate. You, you've been in Harvey Bay last week. Uh, what, what do you do at these camps? Apart from spread the rugby message, I know that's part of it, but... Well, what happens up in Harvey Bay for the week? Yeah, obviously, um, for us, 
usually when we do those uh, regional trips, it's, it's all about connection. And, and this one was about connection, but more so from a team point of view. We had a couple of boys coming back in from Wallabies rest week. So it was, it was their second week last year, uh, last week, sorry. Um, and it, it's all about just getting the team together, making sure we're all on the same page for the trials that are, that are happening this week. So um, Harvey Bay is, is a beautiful place. You know, the boys actually love the beach there. Um, you know, no waves for the fellas that um, don't really get on the beach often. So they're, they're <laughs> frolicking about. Um, but yeah, just just the heat as well. It's, it's a perfect opportunity to, to immerse yourself in, in what Northern Queensland is going to bring for our first game in Townsville. So um, that was that was the theory behind the camp last week, but it was all about connection for us. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic focus actually, and and you know what the Reds stand for and what our standards are going to be, and you've got so many different cultures to deal with, eh? Yeah, exactly, and and that's the thing. We had a Pacific night to bring all the boys together, um, and you know just get a little bit more understanding about you know, the players in our side and, and who they represent and, and, and what we're about. So um, it was an awesome week in Harvey Bay and um, really looking forward to see how, how we go this weekend against the Western Force in Perth. I see you've picked up uh, Fijian prop Penny Ravi for 36 tester, two-time World Cup. So he'll fill a little bit of a hole with uh, with Tupou gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's the plan. A like-for-like replacement there. Penny's come in and he's, uh, mate, we haven't lost any size, that's for sure, is it? He's a beast, um, and and he definitely does his his work around the park and, and in the scrum as well. So we're really lucky to pick up Penny. Hey, I've got to talk to you about the the massive upheaval with the Wallabies set up and a, and a new coach. Uh, has Eddie been in contact, or, or what, what's going to be the setup there, mate? Uh, mate, I, I wish I could tell you, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything from Eddie. Um, you know, obviously was in contact with Dave and uh, unfortunately that, that was a bit of a bombshell that, that rocked us all. But um, at the same time, mate, it's, it's, it's exciting for us. Um, you know, it's a, it's a new page, uh, you know, a new leaf to turn over. And um, for us, we've just got to focus on having a good season with the Reds first. And then, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure Ed, Ed will be knocking on the door. Yeah, good call. Were you in the camp? That Dave, you know, on the last morning of the camp, thought he'd just have a six a.m. Zoom call with with rugby officials. Were you in that camp, and how did you hear about how everything evolved? Yeah, so so we had a Wallabies camp the week before it. Oh, it was the um, whole week before at Sanctuary Cove. Yeah, so we kind of came in a week early from our annual leave um, and just got a, a like a similar similar to what we did at the race, just a connection camp around what our goals were for this World Cup year, where we wanted to be tracking, how we were going after our holiday. Um, and then, yeah, the, the following Monday, um, so our first week of pre-season with the Reds, we had a Zoom call at, at about 7.20, I think it was, um, where the CEO informed us that we uh, didn't have Dave as a coach anymore and, and that he would be joining us for the next five years. So, um, you know, definitely very, very shocked um, a lot of the boys, uh, based off having a camp last week, but uh, yeah. following what you Dave. But uh, yeah, that's that's how it all went down. Yeah, your your position was one of the most oh, like uh, mixed up. I was not really the words I'm looking for, but but uh, did did you get the vision? Like you know, too often it was either you or Nick White, and some games both, and then Jake Gordon comes in. Um, did you get the vision where you were heading towards this World Cup? 
Yeah, I mean, specifically for me, like it was, it was very hard to get consistency around my game. Mm. Um, you know, as part of a halfback rotation, which is which is what you said, and yeah, and honestly, I, I didn't like it. But um, at the same time, it, it's pretty special representing Australia, and, and I had a lot of good men around me in, in terms of you know not only Nick and, and Jake, but also you know assistant coaches like Scott Wisemantle, um, you know, he, who'd been to a World Cup final and and spent a lot of time with me on. Um, you know, my game and, and, and where the improvements lie within that. So I've, I've probably come back this season in the best shape, you know, physically and mentally, um, ready for a massive year. And, and it's probably based off not really playing a lot last year. You know, I yeah. got a couple of games off the bench. I started one game um, against Scotland and I was really happy with that performance. But yeah, I guess for me, consistency in selection was, was the biggest issue. And, uh, you know, hopefully this year, after a good Super Rugby season, we'll see where we end up in that space. Yeah, we do too. Then I, I think you're a fantastic player. And I know Eddie Jones is a fan. I mean, you, you're not allowed to comment on these oh. things, but but Eddie's been talking you up. Are you so. fair dinkum? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Don't yeah. just throw it out there if you don't know exactly. No, 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 no. I've there you go, Tate. Right. <laughs> and not only, that, not only that, he's, he's a ears, Bundy so. boy. Yeah, I know. See, that's where I thought yeah. you might have been just throwing it up. <laughs> hey, we've got we've got to get to a break, mate. We really appreciate uh, your time. Cozy Bro is one of our great listeners, mad rugby fan. He said, can you ask Tate quickly, does he agree that Antoine DuPont is the premier number nine in the game? I said, well, no, we're talking to the premier number nine in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he any oh, good? Yeah. Is he any good, Antoine? He, he, he's very good. Um He's very good. There's a lot of good nines in the game at the moment, but um, Antoine's probably my pick of the bunch. Well, there we go, Cuzzy. I hope you're happy. Seven fifty three. Uh, Tate, uh, thanks for chatting to us, mate, and very best of luck. Uh, very best of luck with the season. Starts Feb twenty five up in Townsville via the Hurricanes. You've got the Brumbies twice in the first seven weeks, so it's a, a hectic start for the Reds. Yeah, good luck, Tate. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. As usual, we used to have him on a lot last year, but we're just starting football season. From the Gold Coast Titans, Jamin, what's your dream sporting holiday, mate? Super Bowl. Ah, Super yeah, Bowl's okay. Coming up. Yeah, I think that's. I think that one's a given. Anyone, if you got the chance to go to a Super Bowl, would be pretty yeah, unbelievable. So, do you support any? Top of the bucket do, you, list. do you support any franchise over there? No, not really. Okay. No, I don't follow the American sports. A lot of the footy boys over here do. They love. Love the American sports, but I'm not too much in it. But it still wouldn't mind going over and watching the game, just the experience. Oh, what about a little week curling your heels after winning an NRL grand final? Curling your heels yeah, wherever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the dream, guys. That's what we're working towards. And and we do have a couple of smart A's as uh, as listeners here. Cuzzy Bro is just the one who said, a Bledisloe Cup Series victory. I'm just asking for my Aussie mates. Yeah, right, Cuzzy, thanks. Hey, mate, how's it going? It's getting closer, isn't it? I actually went down to the Bronx yesterday for a while and uh, there was a lot of physical contact in the hot, hot sun. Uh, there's that... There's that air of anticipation around now, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's it's getting towards trials now, and you know I suppose we're similar to the Broncos. We're we're really ramping it up with the opposed sessions and the full contact and and kind of piecing it all together. So it's coming along really good. But um, the lights there at the end of the tunnel, and I'm just I think everyone you know would agree with me. Preseason is not not that much fun. You just want to get to the games and start playing some footy. Yeah, good call. Everyone takes it so seriously, but. It's the actual performing under pressure that counts. Have you um, have you done things differently uh, in physically this year? I think your fitness staff changed, didn't they? 
and and have they done uh, things well and differently? Yeah, no, it's it's been completely different. Um, we've actually cut back one of the field sessions uh, a week, uh, but we're doing a lot more kilometres on the field and we're doing a lot more uh, conditioning uh, throughout. So um, also integrating a lot of our conditioning into our football as well. So we'll do you know a good block of football, go into conditioning, and then you come back to your football and really practising under fatigue. So... Um, yeah, doing a lot of kilometres on the field, doing a lot of uh, wrestle and contact sessions just to try and improve the areas we really struggled last year. And, um, a lot of off-feet conditioning as well. So each day we're up in the in the chamber there and we're, we're doing an extra cardio session, so making sure we're all you know, fit and firing for round one. What have they identified down there, Jamin? I mean, I know the Bronx have talked a lot about getting their defence a lot stiffer for next season. What what were the areas that the coaching staff identified to the players that there has to be sort of stellar improvement in? They Honestly, the exact same defence. Um, I think we've seen a stat there, Penrith. Uh, the last two years have been in the top two of defensive teams throughout the comp, and, and that's why they win a premiership. So, um, you know, that's probably something we'll really, really pour out last year. And we, we brought the stats up at the end of last year, and we could see... Now, where we sat throughout the competition and it was nowhere near good enough. So um, our whole pre-season has just been focused on our defence um, and our conditioning. So I think I said it last time I was on the radio with you guys that those two go you know, hand in hand with each other. So that's majority of our pre-season has been around our defence because I think if, if you look at our attack and some of the players we have, you know, we've got a lot of strike there, but we just need to put ourselves in better positions to be able to use them. So... Um, real defence focus, and that's why Brett White's come in. Uh, he's been doing a great job for us. Right, eh? Um, mate, yesterday we spoke to Todd Payton, and one of the things they've unearthed for for their game and, and they are working on, they thought they were too nice in the tackle. Have you heard that before? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, you can be can be generous, letting the play the ball get a little bit quick, yeah. yeah so I've heard that expression. Yeah, so th- that's one thing. I, th- I thought it might have been... A lack of aggression, but yeah, they he reckons they responded to the referee's call way too quickly. They're inexperienced at not pushing that envelope and pushing right to the end of where the referee's about to penalise you. Yeah, that's that's a thing we spoke about as well. You can be too generous if you do. You now, obviously, it's up to the referee's interpretation. But if you do win a tackle and it's a dominant tackle, you do generally have time. Um, you know, you you can stay on a tackle. After the call, maybe a second or two. But obviously, you can't push it. Um, and you have to make some sort of uh, movement on the call. But you, know, you can't just jump straight up off the tackle. If you've made a strong dominant tackle, you can't just be bouncing up and letting the ruck yeah. you know, flow quickly. You've got to help your teammates out. Yeah, it's a fine line, though, too, mate, isn't it? You give away a penalty, and then uh, that puts the team behind the eight ball. Hey, oh, yeah, I'm... exactly. Well, I think there's been a rule change in that area as well. They've, they've changed the, uh, the held release call. That they've made it one call now, so... It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the trial games. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask about Tino and whether, you know, did he always want the captaincy again this year? Because I just thought that he gave so much last year for such a young man that that possibly if someone like Foran came in, a, a senior head, that they, they could release the pressure valve on him a bit. Yeah, look, Tino. Tino's going to be our club captain for a long time. You know, yeah. he's just—he's the leader of the group. He's a real dominant player, and he's—he's a, he's a great talker, and he leads by example, and he sets really high standards at training. But 
having having Foran there, um, you know, obviously we do have a leadership group at the club, and Foran, you know, is in his back pocket helping him along the way. So is Isaac Liu, so Sammy Barrels, AJ Brinson. So look, t- it's not all on Tino. Tino's Tino's at the front of it, but he has got you know good support there in that leadership group, and they're always working together. So uh, hopefully that does take the pressure off him a bit this year, definitely. Yeah, well, Tino's one of them, but. Uh, with all this fitness and, and strength work and working under fatigue, uh, that Ford pack must feel real good. Yeah, we're going we're going well. Like, obviously, we're training really well and we're, we're working in some um, like full contact pose. We're feeling good, but you know that has to transition onto the field now. So uh, I think every team out there will be training hard. Um, but you know we'll, we'll see how we go trial games and round one, and, and hopefully we can take everything we've done on the training paddock and just take it onto the field. Yeah, and with Sam Verrills coming into dummy half, does it take much of an adjustment for your Ford runners to time things with a new dummy half? Yeah, it does a little. You know, just sort of understanding how he likes to play and, you know, obviously, you know, different nines operate at different speeds. And yeah. Think, you know, we've all adjusted to him well and um, that, that's something that takes, you know, not long at all and, you know, obviously, trial games coming up. We'll get a feel for each other as well. So, uh, but no, look, honestly, he's been great, easy to work with. Um, you know, he's brought you know some really good insights to the club as well, and he's been helping us out defensively. And our Roosters have always been you know, renowned as a strong defensive team. So he's um, yeah, he's sort of brought some really good qualities mm. to the team. Uh, brilliant as always. We love your insights. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Shaman. Good luck, mate. Good on you guys. Cheers. Now, what did happen yesterday was the Australians headed away to India. Steve Smith, uh, you know, fresh off his AB medal, uh, his fourth AB medal, uh, is heading away and leading this team towards India. Yeah, that's it. So, no, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, getting back playing, so looking forward to getting over to India. It's going to be a great challenge for us, so um, can't wait. Challenge, all right. Well, winning is going to be the challenge, obviously. I think it'll be huge for us. Um, yeah, it's it's always uh, been one that's. Um, well, I've never won there. I've been there twice. Um, in fact, it's, it's been very difficult playing there. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be good fun, and yeah, hopefully we can have our plans in place and, and play the right style of cricket, and hopefully have some success. We've been speaking of the keys to success, and it might be worth. Uh, and reiterating your thoughts on what are the keys to success for pretty much any sporting team. Mm. The five aspects of sport that you can judge a team and the ability of the coach on are the following. Techniques. The second one's mental skills, that being confidence and belief in your performance. Third one, tactics. Are the team's tactics okay? Four, Physical and physiological. Uh, physical means fitness, strength, speed, power, all those sorts of things. Physiological, injuries and getting them right. Preventing them and getting them right. Then social is number five. Um, how much fun are they having as they get all those top four things done? Actually, that was – and I'm going to defer to you on this one because you've been there, uh, you've played over there, you know. But uh, what is the social side in India? I mean – can you go out and have a night out as the team? I mean, because you'd just be mobbed, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, you n- not so much mobbed 
the Australians, I don't think. If if the Indians go out, Vera Kohli goes out, and he, you probably can't get out of the restaurant you're in or whatever because there's 5,000 people jammed the door shut. <laughs> like uh, MS Dhoni went to a barber once, and he had used to have long hair. He went and had that hair cut off, and there were 10,000 people in the lane outside that couldn't. they had to disperse them. You know, so so that happens. But yes, you've got to take that on, um, and 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 when you're tired of that, and you you go home, you know, because that's never going to stop. They're so happy, and we're happy that they like us. They like the Aussies, and uh, it's going to be such a high profile um, series. Nagpur. So I don't really know how these wickets are currently playing. You know, Mm. Nagpur. What to expect there? I believe spin. Um, then the next one is Delhi. Might not be as uh, spin friendly, and we we might uh, you know might be a conventional Test wicket. Then there's Dharmashala in the uh, foothills of the Himalayas, I reckon that is. So they could have different conditions. And then Ahmedabad, the newest stadium over there, and the biggest stadium in the world. I wonder how the wicket plays. So that, they will definitely know what they're expecting from those venues. But, yeah, there, there's other stresses and strains that they'll need to master. What are mm-hmm. they, Paddy? What do you reckon? Um, well, no, I'm, I'm sort of deferring to oh, you. I, well, you're going to continue to Well, I would have thought techniques because, you know, the, the, in, embedded in my memory is Hayden sweeping. Yep. And is that sort of stuff going to work? I, I, I don't know. I, I des- I'm desperate from to, to win over there. I mean, I think the last time was when Casper was in the team, wasn't it? Yeah, two thousand and four, I think that was. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. So I, you, and so when you went techniques, you went straight to batting. Right? So yeah. bowlers have and our spin bowlers have worked out their techniques already at North Sydney Oval. The things they would have discussed would have been speed. How fast do you bowl your spin over in India? And when we were playing, it was like we're too fast, we're too slow. Uh, we we didn't quite know what what to do. But we've had a spin advisor for a number of years now, Shri, and and he'll know that he will be helping the batsmen to play spin better and bowlers what you've got to do through the air to have that ball spin and be effective against the Indian batsmen because our batting techniques are totally opposite than India's batsmen, right? So when we see a ball come up out of the hand, we look to use our feet. They go back. They go back and play square of the wicket. So th- those sorts of things, can we master those things? We now know about them. Well, can we can we put them into into practice and be good at them, or we got to play our own way still? So techniques, I think they were my number three. Mm-hmm. Batting, see, batting don't don't underestimate fast bowlers either. Mm-hmm. So don't go thinking spin, spin, spin all the time. Be ready for spin and early spin, but don't forget the quicks because they can they can one you know get at you very effectively and then reverse swing. In reverse swing, you have to have a clear plan. And when that ball starts to reverse, which means it's late swing, it's fast late swing. So you've got to cut out a lot of scoring chances. You can't hit a ball across a reverse swing at times. So you've got to be very patient and um, cut out a lot of your lot of your big shots that you love playing. Mm-hmm. So so that that's those techniques. So I think all those techniques. And you remember, Manus said something before uh, last week when we interviewed him. One hundred percent engaged on right now. You know, don't stress about stuff that might happen. You know, this wicket, you get on a real dry wicket on day one and you start thinking, gee, how bad is this going to be on day five? You know, you start thinking ahead. No, no, right now, right now you play this wicket and then you play it well enough 
that you put a, t- put a total that's appropriate on that wicket and then start bowling. Then you bat again and you're 100% engaged on right now. So you, you might need totals of 450 in, on these conditions, but don't get 180, get 280. Yeah. You know, don't collapse to 180. So play right now and keep going, working hard, right? So that's number three for mine. I think they need to really immerse themselves in India, like, like you said. You know, go go out and get into the culture. That's what the 2004 team did. Mm-hmm. That they they really enjoyed themselves and made sure they enjoyed India. Yeah, well, that was a question from Grant here. How does team culture fit into the social? So you want them to get out and about and and, and enjoy the adulation because they'll get it. I mean, I know our most recent experience uh, in Pakistan, uh, the, the signs in the crowd they were so friendly and just so happy to have the Aussies there. They won't probably get that sort of welcoming. In India, but nevertheless, there'll be a stack of adulation when they go out on the streets. Yep, definitely. And they, they just want to be around you. It's not as if they, um, it might it might have changed selfies and autographs. They, they never were like that. They just wanted to be there. And they're yeah. smiling away and, ah, like, you know, screaming mm. and stuff. So, so that's so, just like you going home each night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now if, and then I want the players to be very aware if they're, escaping that pressure, right? Mm-hmm. If you're escaping the pressure and you're hiding in your room or the golf simulator, you're using the golf simulator that they're taking over yeah, there and, and just eating the team chef's meals, I think you've got to do something else. That, that's an escape that you shouldn't be doing. It. You're dodging it, right? So just be very aware of what you're feeling at any given time, but immerse yourself before you really get to deploy your techniques, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Don't drop catches. That's a, it's catch uh, fielding can be difficult over there. So, because what happens in India, to get ten wickets, you probably create you you'll only get ten chances. Whereas in Australia, with bounce and carry and speed, you can create thirteen chances and you can waste a couple. You can drop a couple of catches and you'll get yeah. your ten wickets. But they don't come along as easy over in India. So your fielding has to be right on the ball. Um, so I I just think they have to live and breathe that sort of pressure. Um, and have a have a philosophy of how, over there. How was Warren over there? Uh, Warren was always tired because he, we go there now. This is a tough time to go to India because you've just finished an Australian summer. You've probably gone to a pre-tour, pre-season tour of the Australian summer, and sometimes we had the ashes that we'd had. We'd had a long run-up, and, you know, he was, while he was a durable athlete, and he, he had to do so much work for our team mm. that... He was coming up against his toughest opponent when he was at his his weakest. And that's one of the big contributing factors to his record not being as good as it could have been in India uh, because he was quite tired. So, But we tried to live and breathe stuff like to whinge is to lose the battle. No whinging. Right? You know, get get into this. And I think this team's capable of that. Of the... Of the four spinners then, speaking of that, who who do you have to accompany Lyon? Well, I'm worried about Lyon. Because guess who's not playing the first test by the sound of it? Uh, uh, the, the Mitchell Star. Mitchell Star. Yes, that's right. So that footmarks, those footmarks that he creates for Lyon oh, okay. outside the off stump are going to be bare. They're going to be flat. And and so Lyon has got some adjusting to do to not having Stark with him over there. So then I, I would, I, I think, again, it'll, it comes down to what they know and what they think is right for India, the speed through their air. And if it's, if it's speed through the air, it'll be Ashton Agar more than Mitch Swepson. But okay. Swepson deserves a go because he's toiled through uh, Pakistan and Sri Lanka 
last year, and he he was uh, the incumbent. You know, the other thing I think they've got to do is thank people, thank people every chance you get. You know, your room attendants, the ground staff, the people who are knocking the nets up for you. You know, get get really thankful to them and happy about everything everyone's doing for you. Okay. All right, there's a couple of off-the-wall ones, and you did say that if the conditions are in India's favour, they, they can win this series. No, no, I think if they produce fair Indian wickets, that mm-hmm. are good batting wickets to start with, probably spin, and spin pretty consistently, but spin a long way late in the match, mm-hmm. we win. Uh, I'm worried about Lyon and Stark in the first test. If they're unfair wickets, which I've seen in the last series, where balls were jumping ridiculously and sliding low from day one, mm-hmm. I think India play those conditions better than us. Broadcasting live from SCNQ headquarters in the heart of Fortitude Valley, this is Pat Welsh and Ian Healy for breakfast. Queensland made. On SENQ 693am. Your old mate Justin Langer making the news today. What's he done? Have well, you seen this? No. Well, there was a, a, an alarming Look incident. You. you sit in front of me with your flash new laptop <laughs> and I don't get any of that. Well, there was an alarming incident uh, at the house of Margaret Court. Yeah, I yeah. saw that yesterday morning, didn't I? Well, yeah. So uh, they were broken into. They were away on holidays, but uh, had the CCTV you know, attached to the doorbell thing. And Justin Langer uh, was robbing well, it. Well, no, Justin Langer has been a long-time neighbour right of Margaret Court and was yeah. one of the neighbours. He's, he's playing it down. Yeah, and he declined Where's that? At City Beach? Uh, yeah, he said it's, it's, it's beachside. Mm. And he said uh, Langer has been, for two decades, uh, neighbours with Court. And he saw the alleged burglars leaving the property. However, he declined to go into detail about the incident and played down his role in the arrest. But yeah, there we go. Yeah, he would have bullocked him, lassoed him, and or he or she, whoever it was, and pinned him. He loves his he loves his blue. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah, he can blue lang. <laughs> <laughs> um, now gloves off today. Uh, you've been this is as most research I've seen you do in a long time about oh, something. Oh, he's up, Paddy. But yeah, so so I thought I'd uh, look into this Super Bowl thing and see what we can do on gloves off. Now on breakfast with Pat and Heels. Heels gets his gloves off. Well, as I was browsing through this uh, Super Bowl, mm. I was very impressed with the American franchise organisation of of the Super Bowl packages that the franchises put together for their fans. And, you know, it's a dream of ours at the Brisbane Heat to, to be able to be as organised as these. So they're plentiful. There's heaps of different Super Bowl packages their fans can have, and they include lots of things. You've got to be careful to find out what, what's included and what's not in the type of package that you've chosen. Um, so I want our listeners to tell us, how you would choose to see your team play in Arizona this year. Right? So if you're either an Eagles or a Chiefs fan, uh, which one of these would you go for? Right? So the Philadelphia Eagles have put these these packages together, an official ticket and pre-game hospitality. They'd be in a, you know, uh, a bar area and they'd get um, uh, all the pre-game, what do you call it, ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um and you you mix with legends. They get Philadelphia legends to come and be with you and speak with you and all those sorts of things. So that ticket for the day is $5,313. So from 5313 And it's interesting that the Kansas City Chiefs have offered the same thing. So that must be an NFL-type uh, arrangement uh, or a 
an agent that is doing that and setting these prices. So from 5313 per person, you can do that. Then there's an Eagles fan travel ticket and package. So you get a, a fan hotel. So the Eagles have their set hotels chosen in Arizona mm-hmm. and you get three nights accommodation. You get your ticket. You get certain levels of hospitality. And that starts from $10,325 per person. Um, so, you know, not bad, not bad. So the, the travel uh, and uh, tickets, I suppose, on top of that 5300 when you're not travelling. Then the official Eagles charter. You could go the same day from Philadelphia and get back to home uh, from 8445 per person. And then there's the one that is a ticketless ticket. Right? So we, you go to Arizona, you go to Phoenix in Arizona, three nights accommodation, You'll get a takeover bar. You'll be in a, a part of uh, Phoenix that uh, the Eagles have, uh, you know, taken taken over, and that's four thousand seven hundred and sixty US dollars per person, right? So for five k in Australian terms, you could go and do that ticketless. Now, now the chief, the Chiefs, uh, the official one day ticket five thousand three hundred thirteen from starting from. Then if you go the hotel package, it's it's a little bit dearer, nine thousand one hundred ninety five. The ticketless one, they offer the ticketless getaway with atmosphere, pregame and a takeover bar as well. So the Chiefs will have their venues. Um, it's three thousand four hundred forty five, so a little bit cheaper. So that you can go for the atmosphere and a getaway from home and be part of the Super Bowl of your team for three and a half thousand US. Um, so I'm tempted. I think I'd go for the party town of Phoenix with a ticketless uh, ticket. Um, just pick up the atmosphere, be so close. You might even pick up a ticket if there's capacity at the ground. That uh, they will take, they will start selling their tickets for cheaper. You might even get a ticket that way. But I'd love to be around both sets of fans and uh, just have a good time to not have to fight crowds and put up with those security ins and outs of games. Uh, the loudmouths at the ground, and the match stoppages. So I'd have great, great times without the live footy, probably, for 5,000 Australia. What would you do? What would everyone do? How would you see the Super Bowl if one of these two franchises was your team? 13, 13, 55. with your best shot. Fire away. So wouldn't you love to have the unlimited cash? It's a bit like that. I mean, you can just roll Was that around. a package? The unlimited cash package. They give it to you. <laughs> the private jet and yeah, the, the six-star com and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Um, and uh, Paul from here, uh, Ballpark, uh, is the SEN's uh, agent type uh, who do these conferences and move people around the world. Um, he's he's lined up. He's seen a ticket, the halfway line with um, full uh, probably hospitality as well as uh, entertainment, 16,000 US. For the halfway line tickets. So that's 20,000 plus Australia. Yeah. Boy, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. So the the rest of the prizes he got were about the same as mine and, and that are online from the franchises. Interesting, the prices are quite similar between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. When the flight is much longer from Philadelphia, mm. Kansas Kansas City are in the, sort of more in the middle of the country and Philadelphia way over on the East Coast. So... So they've standardised things quite well. What is your dream sporting holiday? I must admit I've managed to live a few of them. The Brighton Homes Open Line, 131355, or our text line, 
0467 736 736. Hills has just been going through the, the packages uh, and how they package up uh, America's greatest sporting event, the Super Bowl, uh, and how much they cost and, and what's entailed. What would be, if you had a, a, a good budget, a good sized budget, what would be your dream sporting holiday? I'd love to know. Give us a See, call. I, or wouldn't, a text. I wouldn't mind even going to the Masters ticketless. You know, no. I've been with tickets. So I've been around the course. I played the course at Augusta, and so. But I would, st- I love to sit in Hooters for the day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just have a nice lunch, few beers, and watching the big screens on what's going on, what's going on just down the road. With- I, I like, I'd, I'd love that. That's why I'd, I'd sort of go ticketless to the Super Bowl, especially if I didn't, I wasn't a football fan and haven't got a really firm. Uh, you know, team that I support. If you're a, a supporter, you're going to the game. But if you're not a supporter, I just love just love the atmosphere of big sporting events being. Yeah, in town. I, I don't know about the Masters. I mean, Augusta. There's not a whole heap happening in Augusta as a town, to tell you mm. the truth, apart from the fact that it's got the greatest piece of golfing real estate on the planet. And Hooters. Uh, well, Hooters <laughs> is where John Daly sets up his, yeah. his camper van and signs autographs yeah, it's all a big day. camper van, isn't it? It's a yeah. motorhome. Yeah, it's a motorhome. He's, he sits yeah. out in the car park and yeah. you're just in there having whibs and you know ribs and wings. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. I, I'd love that. Yeah, okay. No, I'd, I'd need to go into the course. And I, I think once I'm in the course, having been there a lot, uh, you'd like to have access to the clubhouse, which is not always easy. But no. uh, you uh, haven't ca- carried, covered as much ground as you you would as a spectator. You know, people were, and your mates of mine were doing their steps for the day. They did twenty k. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I've been as a spectator. Oh, with, did you with walk around AB hard? and Dean Jones back in those days? Yeah, those first three or four times that we went, that that was as a spectator. Okay. Yeah, the last four or five times I went as Channel Seven. Did you cover so, good territory? Like no, twenty k. No, the last couple of times, no. No, but, but uh, as when we're walking, oh yeah, oof. you'd walk all day. You know, long if, days, so, eh? If grades had an early tea time, you'd go and do the eighteen holes with them, and you'd come back and have a pimento sandwich or a, <laughs> or a you know a chicken sandwich. And we Ruben. didn't have, we didn't have, I think AB had clubhouse passes or a pass from Righto. Fox Sports, uh, but we didn't. Yes. Um, so yeah, we were living just like one of the lucky lucky ones who got into the course but didn't have clubhouse passes. Right. But uh, yeah, look. I would go back to the Masters in an absolute heartbeat. I mean, I yeah. haven't done a Super Bowl. There's quite a few big things in world sport that I haven't done. And I, Super Bowl is probably at the top of the list. But mm. I'd, I'd go back to the Masters with the right tickets in a heartbeat. Yes. Where would you love to go? We'd love to know. Send us a... I had uh, grits. I had yeah, grits for the first time in the Augusta Clubhouse. Okay. Monaco Grand Prix. This is one of our listeners. Monaco Grand Prix and watch the race uh, from the back of a yacht in the harbour. Yeah, That right would eh? be pretty awesome. Brendan <laughs> Julian's done that. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> his his you know, parents-in-law right. have got a boat that travels the world. Anyway, they came around one morning at um, Monte Carlo mm. and gave flyers into the marina, flyers into your boat. Oh, just to, you know, information about a party that's on tonight. You know, oh, beauty in town. $10,000 entry. <laughs> PJ says, yeah, no worries. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> well, uh, see, Mick Doohan's the one we need to speak to. He he lived there when he was on the, on the circuit. Well, I'm not sure he it. still hasn't got a place there. <laughs> and I'd love to know. Yeah, we should t- try to talk to Mick. Love to know his involvement's in Vegas. He had nightclubs in Vegas. He's been in Monte Carlo. <laughs> oh, we were in the wrong sport. Jack's saying that there's, a, there's great footage, which I haven't seen, of, of Kimmy Rogan and actually breaking down in the race. And then strolling off the track while the car was being tended to onto his yacht and watching oh. the, rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the race there. 
Actually, that's a good one. I mean, Mick Dillon doesn't spend a whole heap of time in Australia these days because his son's overseas uh, yeah, racing well. a lot. But uh, he, I'd love to have a chat to him about just the lifestyle around Monaco and Grand Prix time and all that sort of thing. It would just be awesome, I reckon. Yes. So, yeah, what, what's your favourite? Where would you like to go if you were given a decent budget? What would be your sporting, your dream sporting holiday? Uh, I'd love to know. Brighton Homes Open Line, 13 13 55, or that text line, 0467. 736 736. Um, speaking of that, we do have one of the Philly Eagles' great spokespersons who is a uh, radio host over there. We're hoping to get him a little bit uh, a little bit later on the show and, and uh, hopefully talk about these two Aussies that are going to soon own Super Bowl rings. Mm. Wouldn't it be lovely? Very, mm. very lovely. I think they where did we see some big rings that uh, was it last year's Super Bowl? Big round things. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're loose. They're huge. Massive. Like a watch. Well, we've only got Jesse Williams. That's right, isn't it? Who, who didn't actually play for the Seahawks. He was injured, but he was part of the squad, so he got a ring and yeah. got to the White House and all that sort of thing. And we've had him on, the Monster. We've had him on the show before. but um, And we've only had a couple of other Aussies, Ben Graham amongst them, in into a Super Bowl and played, but they were beaten. So Malata... Would just be it'll, how big a deal would that be? Oh, he was on the news last night. Didn't mm. didn't say a whole lot, but yeah, it was just a, a a wonderful story that that he has created from where he came from in Bankstown in Sydney. Uh, the way he was as a kid, he was always massive, but not a dominator. And he's five years ago had not even thought of playing uh, Aussie. What do you call it? American football. Yeah. And as, now we said, he's in the Super Bowl. as we said yesterday, um, the former AFL player Aaron Sippos, uh, he said he is ready to go. So he's their number one punter, the Eagles' number one punter. So we could have two Aussies, and mm-hmm. if the, the Eagles can get the money, I mean, the, it's really a big part of Australian sporting history. It's eight seventeen here on SEN. Breakfast with Pat and Heels on six nine three SENQ. Traffic and weather together. There's been a multi-car crash at Salisbury this morning on Rayawena Road. That's affecting traffic eastbound towards Mount Gravatt, so best to allow extra time through there. We've also got a breakdown on the Logan Motorway westbound at Berenbar and an accident on Kessels Road at Nathan. That's at Orange Grove Road. Traffic also building on Bow Desert Road at Druvale, Fairfield Road at Yoronga, plenty of congestion on Kingsford Smith Drive at Hamilton and Kelvin Grove Road at Kelvin Grove. Today's forecast, a shower or two with a possible thunderstorm atop of 32 degrees for Brisbane. Partly cloudy and 31 tomorrow. Right now it's 29 degrees. Buzz has been on the line. Boys, Carol King's Tapestry album has been in the charts for almost 30 years. Do yourself a favour. Go out and get it. And Hills, while you're there, you can pick up a copy of Gary Puckin and the <laughs> Union Gap's greatest hits or borrow Pat's vinyl copy. Well, that won't be happening, Muzz, because mine's behind glass. Surely they're on Spotify. I must admit I haven't looked up, Pucker. Oh, I can't believe you've never heard of Gary Puckin and the Union Gap. No. Oh, no, silky I, voice, silky I, voice. I had Polacco shirts and everything, Muzz. <laughs> so I will, I will, I must do that on Spotify. I'm going to do it right now while you're talking. Chris Dalton, have you heard of Gary Puckin and the Union Gap? I have heard of him, but I haven't heard any songs or anything like that. So I have yes. heard the name. So you're a bit younger. You're, you're what? a bit younger. Is he really? Uh, well, I'm disappointed that neither of you have thorough knowledge of it. Anyway, Queensland is your place to race this year. <laughs> Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Oh, we're back with the old promo. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Yes. What happened to the Golden Greys? They've still got to go, haven't they? Well, they've got the big one next week. Mm. Yeah, I know. Well, this week. Actually, I think it's this week. 
I'll have to check that out. Mm. Big, big meeting the Golden Greys, I think, is this Thursday night, guys, which will have the, the cover band. I think it's a Fleetwood Mac cover band out there this year. Yes. <laughs> no, no they varied up. Yeah, they varied up nicely. They got yeah. some they got some good ones. Mm. Um, now, it's there is some advantage to retirement from the television side. Well, Are you I'm, talking March 18 well, now? Well, no, well, yes, I'm going to lead to that. I thought I'd... Uh, the, Given that we've got Chris on the show, I just thought I might make him a little jealous. So, um, mm. a, a, along with the Broncos jersey, the framed Broncos jersey presented by Kevin Alf yesterday, which was yeah, you know, the I highlight, obviously. Um, there was a beautiful bottle of wine from the uh, network CEO, James Warburton, mm. uh, waiting at home when I got home, and a lovely little note for, on behalf of the management team of Seven uh, Network. That's the new golden watch. Yes. Now I've, well, I've got a, a wine. I've got a gold watch after... <laughs> 20 years, I think, 30, I'm not sure. And the other one, uh, Chris, is that I heard yes. from Bart Sinclair yesterday and uh, I could be invited out in late latest March to Eagle Farm with uh, the bride for a, a race day and I think there might even be a, a P. Welch race. I was oh, going to say that. Paddy Welch steak. Pat Welch race day, well, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I hope it's not a P. Welch maiden. Oh, Lucky <laughs> we haven't got the old days, Paddy. Paddy Welsh improvers. That'd be a good one. <laughs> so uh, thanks to the BRC for that, for for even thinking of me. So we we get to sort out a date, and Bart and I are just uh, this... sorting out diaries. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that diary is so full, is... Paddy. I was going to say, Heels, this is more like a farewell tour, isn't it? <laughs> it's bigger than Steve Waugh's last 12 months. It is. <laughs> yeah. um, geez, there's some brand new horses running today at Doombin, uh, Chris. Yeah, I don't well, know hardly any uh, of those names. Well, well Paddy will because he's got time to do the form. But yeah, <laughs> The first race has got a, a handful of, uh, of debutantes, mm-hmm. which will make things interesting. Uh, we've got the fourth race. I think there's a few as well off the top of my head. I'm turning the page. No, just the first race, really, but... Yeah, probably a couple that uh, you're not too familiar with, Heels, but don't worry. I've gone through the form and I've found some good things. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Now, I think race three, number one, Hyper Velocity uh, is a good bet today. Opened up yesterday at $9, which was way overs and quickly firmed into about six, now into about five. Uh, He meets uh, a pretty average bunch here. He's a five-year-old trained by Barry Baldwin. Uh, Bubba Tilly will take the ride. Now, his last two runs have been good. He ran third at Doombin over 1,200 behind your horse, Halliver Barty. Mm-hmm. He was running on strongly on that occasion. Then he went back to the 11.10 last time out, got too far back after a tardy start, but ran on again. Now he goes to 13.50. He draws a good gate, and the opposition, they don't look too strong to me. I really think he'll be winning this race. And at the price... I think that's a good bet. So race three, number one, Hyper Velocity. Sounded a little bit like you may have waited in at the $9 yesterday. No, unfortunately not, Paddy. <laughs> I saw it and thought, wow, how did that happen? And then it just kept, then I, then I saw it having gone nine, eight, yeah. seven, six. I'll keep an eye on that. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, it doesn't matter. Any winner's a good winner. That's exactly uh, race right. four. Yeah, race four, number four, Bright Tiara. This one's at each way odds. A filly trained by Kelly Schweeter, Jaden Lloyd will ride. Just caught the eye running on at the Sunshine Coast last start, the end of 1,200 metres. So I thought it hit the line very strongly. Gets to 13.50 today. And look, the gate doesn't look great on paper. We'll come into nine at least. Uh, scratchings aren't finalised. But look, I think with a positive ride early, Bright Tiara can get over outside the lead here. And I think Jaden Lloyd will do exactly that. So each way, race four, number four. And the good thing, I don't know if we'll get black figures about this, but race seven, number 10, Hassan first for O'Day Hoisted. Benny Thompson will ride. Just the two starts for this mare. 
Very, very impressive winning here on debut over 1,200 back in July. Romped in by two and a quarter lengths. And then Eagle Farm, second time around, missed the start, got way out of her ground, but she made a lot of ground to the line, uh, beaten just over three lengths. She's had a trial, and I think she'll be ready to go today. I think she'll be winning race seven, number 10. Mm, hey, Chris, Paddy yesterday mm-hmm. talked about the Kawajas being a power couple. Right, mm-hmm. Now, you are a power, power tipster. Because as I was getting on into velocity, whatever it was, oh, you really hyper, yeah, hyper, hyper velocity. velocity, it went into four dollars eighty. <laughs> you well, hadn't even finished. You. you hadn't finished your sentence yet, and down that was it went. Heels. God, that's, it went. they know that when you launch into something, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's not going to get beaten. It's, hey, yeah, have you got I the scratchings I like your midweek yet? form, mate. I've got some. Yes. Uh, what about race five? One, four, and seven are all out. So the eleven's in. The 11, Valley's sister is running. Yeah, only because uh, I've known Laurie Mayfield-Smith for a thousand years, and he had one the other day, and I nearly had five each way because I love following (laughs) his horses. It won at about $126. Oh, you're joking. It actually won like a star. I mean, it just, it it was well back in the field. Aidan Thompson rode. It was last Wednesday. He went back to the fence and just shot through. Masquerade Lady or Lady Masquerade, it was called, one of the two. But first start, had done nothing in trials, and uh, yeah, it was $100. Yeah, Mate of mine's a... numbers are one four seven eleven. <laughs> he's not going yeah, to be well, on I'll that. Well, I'll keep an eye on Bally's sister. The same. You're not getting a hundred to one about this. It's uh, four to one in the paper. But uh, <laughs> I'll keep an eye on Bally's sister this afternoon. Um, thank you, mate. Uh, we look forward to it. And Heels, is, yeah, you do have some power yeah. because, uh, as you noticed, Heels didn't say a word for about three or four minutes there. Yeah. He, he was having a bet. Lad breaks nearly <laughs> collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> They'd want to win. That could be that could be a record. At six forty nine in the morning, Hills has had his first bet for the day. <laughs> Thank you, mate. We it. will talk later in the week. Thanks, Chris. Look forward to it, guys. Enjoy the day. All right, Queensland is your place to race this year. As I said, it's uh, it's racing. The action continues right across the sunny state. Uh, Chris on Monday outlining they're they're all over the place this week. Visit racingqueensland.com to find out exactly where you can back a winner.